to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is no one. Logan is busy moving from an apartment to his first house. So he is busy doing all of that kind of stuff. So it is just me today. And because we have to get these out because there's actually games uh, coming up here tomorrow uh, on the 7th. If you're listening to this on the 7th, there's games. So uh, we really had to get these out because then we have uh, no games on the weekend because of the Gold Cup. And then we're off again till the 17th. Uh, so it's just kind of like an odd uh, odd time of the year for MLS. So we really wanted to get these out. And we're going to go just uh, – I'm not going to do any headlines. I'm just going to go each game. And we're just going to talk about each game and uh, where, where we're going at the standings. You know, one of the big things, if I was going to say a headline, is that the Sounders are not top of the West right now, and they're still – undefeated seven wins five draws no losses they're at 26 points equal with kansas city sporting kansas city though sporting kc has had an extra game so we're going to look at that later in uh in the show uh but first we're going to go to the first game of the weekend it was not on a weekend it was july 1st austin Finally, scored goals at Q2 Stadium. We had uh, Gallagher scoring 28 minutes in. He's the first Austin Knight to score there. The first Austin FC player to score. The first MLS goal scorer after they had two nil-nil draws there to open up Q2 Stadium. Diego Fagundes had a goal 33 minutes in. Alexander Ring in the 77th minute. And Jimenez in the 81st. While in the 45th plus 7, Jeremy Abobasi scored for the Timbers. That made it a 2-1 game. And then in the second half, just uh, got a little carried away there for Portland. Who, as let's not forget here, Portland was both of our supporter shield winning picks. Uh, Not great. Not great for Portland. 
but it is what it is. Uh, the second game of the weekend was on Saturday. No games on Friday. So we skip over to Saturday at Columbus Crew versus New England. New England gets a 2-0 lead to open up lower.com field, or as it was known before, uh, New Crew Stadium, which is the name I prefer. New England took a 2-0 lead. Austin fans giving it to Columbus fans. Uh, on Twitter for sure. And then Columbus comes back. Zarda scores in the 39th minute. Andrew Farrell own goal in the 69th minute uh, to tie it up. What a strange own goal that was too. It like really like he got the last touch on it. It looked, you know, well outside the box, but just the goalkeeper was not expecting that to come back that way. And then they, you know, him, uh, you know, Farrell's chasing down an attacker and, it, which was Zardes, and it was just confusing. Very, yeah, we tweeted it out. Go take a look at that if you didn't see it. But New England continuing to play well. I mean, really, when they were 2-0 up, uh, I was texting with Logan, and we were just like, they are looking real good. They're top of the East right now, as they are, 24 points after 12 games played. Now Orlando can equal that with uh, the game in hand they have. But uh, Orlando, as we'll see here, came up short this week to be able to get the better of that situation. Uh, But first, we're going to talk DC United scoring a touchdown on Toronto FC. A touchdown so bad that this cost Chris Armas his job at Toronto. We'll talk a little bit about that after the show. Uh, Two minutes in, Prades scores for DC United. Eight minutes in, Roberta scores for DC United. Then you have an own goal from Prizo uh, Imongun, if I said that right, Imongu, if I said that right. Uh, you have Akinola scoring 39 minutes in, so it was a 3-1 game at that point. Then uh, you have a Paul Ariola goal in the 71st minute to make it 4-1, a red card from Eric Zavaleta for Toronto. Then Ola Kamara in the 81st, Assad in the 85th and Yo uh, in the 90th minute to make it 7-1. 7-1. Not something you typically see, but I do want to say, as somebody that I've seen a lot of DC United games, you know, in the past, my dad's a DC United fan. So, you know, while I'm a Union fan, I, I, you know, I do watch DC a lot in that type of situation where I'm able to. Keep an eye on them, and uh, man, they're just playing so well. And I think uh, Lasada has just been a great fit for this team, and I'm really excited to see where they go, um, because where they're going right now is sixth place. Uh, now, of course, like we talked about last week, the points difference between like six and twelfth is eight points right now, so not. Not a lot. It's three games, three wins. So anything can happen here. We're still only at, you know, some of these teams having 10 games played, some of these teams having 12 games played. And it's a 34-game season. So we're about a third of the way through for most of these teams. And uh, still anything can happen, especially when there's these small, you know, small differences here. But DC United looking pretty good. Toronto looking very bad. And this did cost Chris Armish his job. 
I think it was the next day. Uh, yeah, it was July 4th, I think, that they announced this. Um, he uh, – was it on Sunday or was it on Monday? Yeah, on Sunday, July 4th, uh, six months after being hired, he was let go um, just a day after – that loss. They were playing really bad. And when we, and we look at the standings, which I don't have it on the screen right now, but they have five points out of 11 games. And they're lonely at the bottom of the East right now. Miami's at eight points. Chicago's at eight points. Cincinnati's at 11 points. That's right. There is a six-point gap between Toronto and Cincinnati right now. Uh, 11 points off of a playoff spot. This, you know, if they don't turn it around, they're pretty much doomed to be Wooden spoon winners, uh, you would think. Vancouver on the bottom of the West with nine points. That's a four-point difference there. Just not a good, not good for them. And, and I think what drives everybody nuts is when this was announced, most people saw this not going well. Uh, I was not a big fan of Armis going there. And also, when you look at who else they were looking at, they were looking at Ben Olsen, who hasn't done much in his 10 years at DC United. So I don't know if it's just a lack of ambition or something from Toronto right now, but they really should be going to get a better coach. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy to think that they settled on Chris. R. I don't know if it's just like, they thought it was a short window after Greg Vanny left for them to fill in with somebody, but that's, uh, it wasn't great. So they're gone. Uh, Montreal beat Inner Miami. Chonanire, uh, uh, if I said that right, uh, scored for Montreal uh, to make it 1 0 in the 41st minute. Not much else to say about that game, but Montreal just continuing to impress. You know, when we're talking about, oh, TFC, you know, they're playing in a different country, they're doing this, they're doing that. Montreal's doing the same thing. So is Vancouver. Montreal's doing really well, though. They're at eighth place. They have an 11-point gap between Montreal and TFC. So it's not just that they've had these hardships. I do want to say that they've had hardships, you know, the players being away from family, though it sounds like, you know, when we were talking in the preseason, the family was able to come down this time and live with them and such. But you know, it's kind of a grind. And you look at TFC's points per game, they're at 0.45. You know, they're, they're getting less than half a point each game. Montreal is at 1.45, a whole more of a point uh, than what Toronto's getting. And that's why Toronto made the move and why Montreal is just chugging along. They're doing good. They're in a hunt for a playoff spot right now. They're actually only three points back of the Union, who are in third place of the East. And with the way the Union looked on Sunday, which we'll get to, uh, I mean, on on Saturday, uh, then it's it's realistic that Montreal can really put in a challenge for the top half of the table and really be in a playoff spot. But you know, it it is what it is. Uh, the Orlando game. This is where. Okay, so here's Logan was there. My sister and her boyfriend were there. I'd actually got them Orlando and New York kits. For Christmas because he's a Red Bull fan. She's an Orlando fan. And they both went to the game wearing those uh, jerseys. So 
that was nice. Uh, but six minutes in, uh, Caceres Jr. Uh, scores for uh, New York Red Bulls. And then in the 59th minute, Mueller equalizes. And then a Gomes Neto goal in the 79th minute. Looking at the stats, 55% possession for Orlando, 13 shots to 18 shots for the Red Bulls, and six shots on goal compared to four for the Red Bulls. It sounded like from what I was hearing, because I was watching another game at that time, uh, you know, Logan was telling me in the first half that like Orlando was dominating, getting tons of shots. So now when I look at the shot numbers and I see Red Bulls actually had more shots, and my sister kind of and and her boyfriend echoed kind of the same sentiments that Logan did. I'm now looking at like, are these just very far shots out for New York, or is it near the end of the game they really started getting more shots? That's what I do not know. But you know, Orlando finally held again. You know, this is their only their second loss. Uh They've played one less game than, than New England. And if they win that game, they actually have the same record as New England. So when we talk about New England as being like, oh, they're the class of the East, Orlando is literally following in those same footsteps. Um, just 0.09 less points per game. And they have one less game right now. So like I said, they can raise that up. They have a better goal differential, Orlando does. They have a 10-goal differential, while New England has a 5 New England's given up 20 goals, given uh, get have scored 20 goals and given up 15. Orlando's scored 19 and given up nine. Orlando really needs Galese back. I think he can really, you know, having him, which if you watched the first games from the beginning of the season again, they were kind of really reliant on Galese. And there were some times where he had to stand on his head like the NYCFC game and stuff for them to get points out of or even a point. I think if they had him, maybe they win this game or they or they get the draw. It's tough to say. But uh, Red Bulls up to seventh place. Uh, they're in, you know, that kind of gap where there's uh, four teams with 16 points, being DC United, New York, Montreal, and Columbus. Columbus falling all the way out of the top half to nine uh, after some of their recent performances. So. Really, I mean, Atlanta's only four points behind them in 10th. But really, it's starting to be, it looks like, a kind of a bigger gap from 9th to 10th. You know, there being a four-point gap from 9th place to 10th place compared to the uh, three-point gap from 9th to 3rd is is really kind of telling where where we can kind of start drawing that line maybe. If Atlanta doesn't start picking it up soon, we're probably looking at Columbus and up as being uh, the ones that are actually in the hunt for a playoff spot in the East. That's the way I look at it. You could, you could take something else from it, I guess, but, and, and, and here's something you can take from it. Soldier field, Chicago versus Atlanta. Let's move on to this game to show you why I think that line might be right at between Columbus and Atlanta. Chicago wins three nil over Atlanta. Aliceta scores in the 34th and 55th plus six minutes. And Frankowski scores in the 58th minute to make it a 3-0 victory. So 
two goals in the first half, one goal in the second half. Atlanta had 64% possession to Chicago's 35.6. Chicago had 14 shots to Atlanta's 11. But Chicago had four shots on goal. Three of those went in. Atlanta had two shots on goal. None of those went in. Uh, Atlanta had six blocked shots. Um, Passing accuracy goes to Atlanta. Uh, It's just really... Chicago made the most out of their out of their chances and you can have all the possession in the world but if you can't convert it's not going to matter and that's Atlanta's issue right now there's no conversion into goals Joseph away and also not himself right now coming back from injuries also I think still at Copa so you have like these uh you know these moments where that's that's going to happen uh you know if we get to the end of the season and atlanta fall let's say they stay in that 10th spot right and that's seriously where we start looking at there's a gap between nine and ten and it continues to grow do you stick with heinze i think you do just to see what he does for the next season and building his own squad but i don't know what do atlanta fans think do you think i mean let me let me just show this again here. I had him second. Logan had him fifth. Again, right now they're in tenth. Just goes to show you can't predict this league all that well. I know some people were really down on Atlanta. I thought Heinz, you know, coming in would be able to bring a new bit of style, bring them back to the roots from Tata and leaving Frank DeBoer era behind. But it started to look more and more like Atlanta just hit everything right in its first three seasons. And then not their dps are not hitting as well you know uh the 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 manager picks are not hitting as well that kind of seems to be where we're at with that uh minnesota at home to san jose two so this opened up with a cade cow goal to make it one nil for san jose 15 minutes in then you get a uh Minnesota goal in the 45th plus four from Kalman. Then you have Abila scoring in the 69th minute. And then uh, Kikanovic, uh, uh, sorry, scoring in the 82nd for San Jose to get one back. Minnesota, again, 61% possession. Kind of a similar story to Atlanta, but at least Minnesota got the point out of this. 18 shots from Minnesota to San Jose's nine. Five shots on goal, though. So there's 13 of those that were not doing anything. Three on goal for San Jose out of their nine. So Minnesota creating a lot of chances, just not quality chances in that game, and they end up with only a 2-2 draw with one point at home, creating that many chances. It's got to be frustrating to be a Minnesota fan at this rate, but... They're on the up. They're in sixth place. They're above the playoff line after being bottom after four games. This is a nice, subtle incline every week for them at this point. So they're looking pretty good. They're even on points with LAFC, uh, who I think is interesting because we were just talking about LAFC, I think, being out of the playoff spots last week. And I think Logan was ready to push the panic button on them. I said, hold on. They're all the way up to fifth now. So... 
The West is just as crazy as the East at this rate. Going back to East, though, CJ Sapong scores for Nashville two minutes in to give Nashville a 1-0 victory over the Union. The Union just didn't even look like themselves. Uh, they couldn't really get anything going offensively, and I think that uh, my thought at the beginning of the season might just prevail. I think we do need another striker. I say we because I'm a Union fan, of course. But I think the Union need another striker. A striker, big money striker, it's going to come in, score goals. Because sometimes, you know, Corey Burke, Casper, uh, Shabilko, and uh, Santos are just not scoring. You, you need somebody that's going to be consistent for you. Um, Nashville had 12 shots to Philly's eight, three shots on goal to Philadelphia's four, but Nashville got the one that counted. Possession about 50 50, 51%, 51.4 for the Union, 48.6 for Nashville. Not much else to say about that game. Uh, Tyler Pasher scores for Houston three minutes in against Cincinnati. And then Barial scores for Cincinnati to make it 1-1, five minutes in. Got my Cincinnati kit on, inaugural 2019 jersey. But uh, both goals in the first five minutes, then nothing the rest of the match. So exciting first five minutes, though. Uh, Cincinnati ended up with 47.9% possession. Houston with 52.1, 21 shots on goal for uh, 21 shots for Houston, not on goal. That'd be crazy if that was how many they had on goal. 11 shots to Cincinnati. Uh, both of them had four shots on goal and they both end up with one goal and a point each pretty good result for Cincinnati recently. They've really been climbing. We're going to talk about them have to talk about them they're all the way up to 11th now they have 11 games uh play no 10 games played 11 points that's 1.1 points per game they could theoretically leapfrog atlanta at some point and maybe that gap goes more between 10 and 11 but I do like our initial picks now. I originally said that they were not going to make the playoffs and that they were not going to get Wood and Spoon. Both of us said that. I have them ninth. Logan had them 10th. And right now they are sitting at 11th. So I'm feeling pretty good about that Cincinnati pick at this point. And we'll see where they go from there if they decide to make changes still or not. LAFC. Uh, Sefuentes scores in the 69th minute over RSL to give them a 1-0 win at Rio Tinto, away from home. Pretty good result for LAFC. They really need to start getting these victories and get these points. But like I said, they're now all the way up to fifth in the West. And, you know, you have teams like Portland and RSL that have fallen out of that top seven. Dallas versus Vancouver. Uh, Pepe scored in the 22nd minute uh, to give Dallas the lead. Cavallini scores in the 30th to give the Whitecaps the equalizer. Then Rose scores in the 45th plus two to give Vancouver the lead. But a 90 plus four minutes own goal from Veselnovich gives Dallas a point at home. This would have been big for Vancouver to jump in there and get three points on the road 
And that would have put them, uh, they still would have been, you know, last in the West. But no, they would have been tied for last. No, no, they would have leapfrog Dallas. It looks like they would have leapfrog Dallas with two more points. They would have had 11 points. Dallas would be minus a point to 10. So it was a battle of the bottom. Dallas, with that point, keeps them above the seller of the West. So pretty big for them. Dallas needs to figure out what they're doing, though. Like, we've talked about this on preseason. Are they happy with just selling all these players? Pepe's probably going to have to leave at some point. But, and there's rumors. There's rumors for that. But it's like, what, if I'm a Dallas fan, what, am I just going to watch players that are going to get sold? You got to put some product on the field to actually win. And they just, it doesn't seem like they care doesn't seem like they care let's move on to dick sporting goods park colorado rapids for seattle 41 minutes in uh alex Rodon scores to give seattle the lead colorado equalizes through barrios in the 58th minute they both end it with 50 50 possession on the dot not even those percentage decimal points just straight up 50 50 uh Colorado had 14 shots to Seattle's seven. Seattle had one shot on goal, and it's the one that went in. Colorado's three. So good for Seattle to, to kind of get out of there with a point and to keep their undefeated streak going, but they got to get out of the slump of draws because they're now at five draws. SKC has leapfrogged them to the top of the West. But we'll see. Jordan Morris was seen kicking a ball around. They put it on Seattle's uh, Twitter yesterday on Monday. So that was pretty interesting. Obviously, I don't think he's coming back still uh, anytime soon. But just good to see Jordan Morris doing soccer activities. So that felt pretty good. Kansas City beat LA Galaxy 2-0. Statement win here as Johnny Russell scores in 81st and Kyrie Shelton scores in the 90-plus-5 two late goals to give them the give them the lead la stealing three points there for kansas city stealing three points in la 53 percent possession for la to 46.1 for kc 18 shots for the galaxy to kansas city's 12 but la only had seven of those on target and kc had six on target with two of those going in pretty good result for peter vermez's uh, team there so we're gonna take a look at the table so if you're on our audio podcast you will be hearing me refer to this uh, that i have here but if you're watching on youtube you can actually see what i'm showing here so we're going to start with the east new england like I said before, top with 24 points, 12 games played. It's exactly two points per game. Orlando in second with 21 points, one less game played. Philadelphia in third with 19 points. That's now a five-point gap between first and third. Uh, they have the same amount of games as New England. Nashville in fourth, surprise team, all the way up in fourth. 
Where did I have them at? I had them seventh. Logan had them sixth. So Nashville is stepping it up right now. But remember, there's a big list of teams with very small margin of points. So we still, as it stands a third of the way in the season, Nashville looking pretty good. But again, look at that. 18 points for Nashville in fourth. Atlanta in 10th with 12 points. That's a six-point gap. Two games. Two wins. And two losses. Uh, which happens a lot in MLS. So we're going to hold tight before we make proclamations about that kind of stuff. New York City in 5th with 17 points. Uh, DC in 6th with 16 points. New York in 7th with 16 points. Montreal in 8th with 16 points. Columbus in ninth with 16 points. Atlanta in 10th with 12 points. Cincinnati in 11th with 11 points. Chicago Fire in 12th with 8 points. Miami in 13th with 8 points. And TFC in last place in the East with 5 points. We talked about that. Chris Armas is gone. Let's move over to the West before we start talking about what is what games are coming on this week here. Kansas City in first with 26 points, tied with Seattle. Uh, it looks like they're ahead. I think they go by goals scored because they have 24 compared to – they could go by wins. Honestly, too. I know there was a season where they went by goal scored, but I think they're they might be going by wins. Uh, Seattle in second with 26 points. One less game played for Seattle. So, of course, if they win that or draw that, they are better than Kansas City and back in first place. And, you know, they can kind of shrug this off. L.A. in third with 21 points out of 11 games played. So they've played two less games than KC and one less game than Seattle. Give them six more points if they win their games. And they're above KC. So the West, while it looked like Seattle was running away with it, it looks pretty interesting that these three, these top three teams have a chance for winning the West and maybe Supporter Shield. Colorado in fourth with 17 points. LAFC in fifth with 15 points. Minnesota in sixth with 15. Houston in seventh with 15. Timbers in eighth with 13 RSL in 9th with 13. Austin in 10th with 13. San Jose in 11th with 11. And Dallas in 12th with 11. And Vancouver in 13th with 9. So again, very small gaps here. If you go from 12th place, which is where Dallas is, with 11 points, the gap between 12th and 4th is 6 points. 6 Six points. It's two games. Uh, this is crazy. I don't think Dallas has what it takes to like leapfrog all the way up there. I'm just saying that like right now as it stands, and this is the way it is usually with MLS for people if this is your first time following MLS, you can have these moments where I remember a moment, like I think it was 2015, Chicago Fire were like bottom of the East. And they were not knocked out until I think a few weeks before the last week of the season. That they were mathematically eliminated. So 
just how it is there. MLS did unveil the new All-Star jersey as well, which maybe I'll share that real quick while we're on here. Uh, I apologize if you're on the audio. I'm going to share this as well. It is, I'm going to explain it. Kind of looks like LAFC's jersey, right? It's black with uh, silver instead of the gold that LA has. Um, has some cool design in the chest area, but really nothing that special. Target logo, because they always sponsor the All-Star Game. And the crest is the MLS crest with a 25 in it for the 25th season, you know, 25th anniversary. Um, which I guess actually was last year, but I guess because of COVID, they couldn't do an All-Star Game. So I guess that's why they're still using that. Didn't really think about that till right now. Oh, and this just came through today. Atlanta United acquire Amar Sedgik and trade with uh, Montreal for 100000 general allocation money with the potential to rise a further 50000 GAM uh, if performance-based incentives are met. This was announced at uh, like 3.30, 3.45 today. So... Pretty interesting. I mean, Montreal's depth, they have Wanyama and Piet. Uh, this was by Tom Bogert. You can find his article on MLSsoccer.com talking about that. But, hey, Atlanta need all the help they can get. So I think at this point that might be a good good move for them. LA Galaxy signed Julian Araujo to a U22 initiative contract. This was earlier today by Tom Bogert as well. Uh, an extension. Um. I think they signed him through 2025. So, good for LA. So, let's look ahead to what we have coming for you this week. And, you know, we'll have to find out how we're going to... Once Logan gets all set up again, he'll he'll be back on here. But... Uh, Let's go ahead and, and take a quick look at this. We have New England versus Toronto at 7 o'clock on Wednesday the 7th. So is this the best time for New England to face TFC? They're having an interim manager in charge. You know, Sometimes you see that bump in performance from that, so maybe maybe not good for New England, but, you know, New England is kind of like the class of the East right now. Bruce Arena just pulling his magic there again. I think I think he can steamroll that TFC team. But who knows? Maybe the, you know, maybe it was just Armas. That's it. But I still think still think New England can do it. Montreal face uh, New York City FC at 730. It's on ESPN Plus as well if you're out of market. 8 o'clock, Chicago versus Orlando. That's on Unimas and TUDN and Twitter. Uh, that is at Soldier Field. We have Austin versus LAFC at 9 o'clock on ESPN Plus and all the local channels for you, you know, your, your usual local channels. 
That's at Q2 Stadium, LAFC coming off a win. Austin coming off a big win that really lifted spirits there. What can happen? Just LAFC now in the top five in the West, so they're going to want to hold on to that. Colorado Rapids over Minnesota. Not over Minnesota. Uh, that makes it sound like the game already happened. Colorado Rapids versus Minnesota United at 9 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. That's at Dick Sporting Goods Park. Seattle versus Houston at Lumen Field, 9 o'clock, ESPN+. Plus. 10 o'clock, Vancouver versus Salt Lake at Rio Tinto. It's because Vancouver's been playing at Rio Tinto, but it's Vancouver's home game, even though they're at RSL's stadium. LA Galaxy, 10.30 versus Dallas. LAFC should beat – I mean, LAFC. LA Galaxy should beat Dallas with the way that they've been, they've been playing. So those are the games on Wednesday. The ones I am highlighting, of course, is Austin FC versus LAFC. Uh, and I think uh, I think Rapids, Minnesota has a lot of potential. And then it's probably those are probably the two best games. Montreal and NYCFC is interesting. I'll say that much with how well Montreal's been playing, how well NYCFC has been playing this year. I think that one's interesting. Chicago, Orlando, not that interesting because I think Orlando should be able to beat Chicago. Same thing with New England over TFC. Uh, LA LA Galaxy should be able to beat Dallas, so I'm not too concerned about that. I'm not going to make that like a, a standout game or anything. Then we have Thursday, July 8th on ESPN+. Plus, New York Red Bulls versus Philadelphia Union. ESPN+, Plus, like I said, that's at 8 o'clock. Nashville, 8.30 with Atlanta at Nashville. Tough stretch for Atlanta. You know, losing at Soldier Field 3-0 to Chicago and then having to go up against Nashville, top four team in the East right now. Pretty worrying if you're Atlanta. Not sure Sedgwick does enough to really get you over the line. Friday, Cincinnati versus Columbus. An Ohio special at 7.30 on ESPN Plus at West End Stadium, TQL Stadium. And then we have the Gold Cup, which I'm going to highlight here, these games. we got El Salvador versus Curaçao. Mexico versus one of the winners of, I think, a game that's going on right now. That's on Saturday. Sunday, we get Canada versus Martinique, 6.30. And then 8.30, USA versus uh, one of the winners of the preliminary games, which do they show them? On MLS Soccer, do I have to go somewhere else for those? Look how slow it's loading. There we go. Yeah, they don't have it listed here, do they? No, they don't. They don't have the ones going on right now. Uh, anyway, that about wraps us up. Kind of a shorter episode, I guess. Not really. I mean, we've kind of been going like 45 to 50 minutes lately. We're at 38 right now. But uh, hoping to get Logan's thoughts on Chris Arma's situation and, and uh, some of these club situations next time, uh, which will probably be next week, I would think. Give him some time to set up. We'll probably talk the U.S. gate. We'll, you know, we'll talk Gold Cup. And we'll also talk um, dumbless games that happened 
this upcoming, you know, today, Wednesday, no, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll talk about those and we'll talk about Gold Cup next time. So thanks for listening and watching. You can contact us on Twitter at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, TikTok Stateside Soccer Show. And we will catch you all next time. Thanks for hanging out. Tomorrow, throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. men's national team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stop It's Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.